Tonight I'm going to continue with the message uh, freedom from unbelief, doubt, and fear. And since you have been sitting listening to me for a while, I need you all to stand up right now. And now give me Isaiah 50, verse 4. And let's say this together and mean it from your heart because it's very important. Some of the message that we are talking, what I'm going to be speaking on tonight, will actually address probably tonight or next week, don't know, but it will address this issue. It's very critical, very important. Let's go. Let's say it together. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as they learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's so important. Until the Lord God opens your ear, you will turn away from his word. And you won't do his word, and you won't reap the benefits. So it's a very important thing. Now, we're talking about unbelief. Father, I want to thank you. Speak to our hearts tonight and correct us in our hearts so that we can do all that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16, and I'm going to differentiate between these two things, unbelief, and doubt, and then fear. Both unbelief and doubt will sometimes result in fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. Fear works exactly like faith. And if you have perfect fear, it's like having perfect faith, but only in the reverse direction. And if you have perfect faith, you will obtain what you really fear. Now, uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, I mean chapter 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice what you are hoping for. Faith gives substance to the things you really want. The things you desire, the things that you hope for, and is the evidence of things not finished. Faith takes the place, is the evidence, I already got it. I got faith, so I got it. Now, fear is the substance of things not hoped for, things you don't desire. When you fear it, and you have fear in that area, you are actually exercising reversed faith. Fear is the substance of things that you don't want in your life. But there is evidence around showing you it's coming to you. So you fear, and because you fear, you are really attracting what you fear because your fear is the substance of that thing that you don't want, that you don't hope for, and is the evidence of the thing that you, are, you have not seen right now, but it's coming to you. Just like faith will make it appear to you later, fear will bring it to you. And Job concluded it, the things that I feared the most has happened to me. It's principle. So when you have unbelief, 
it will either make you to be rebellious, angry, and opposed. Or it will lead to fear. The same thing goes with doubt. So what you fear will come to you. Unbelief will oppose whatever is being said. You separate thoroughly and move away from Reject whatever is coming, even though it's right there in your face and you can see the evidence. You still, with unbelief, you reject it, oppose it, and never accept it. And that's what we were talking about when Jesus went into, that's Mark chapter 6, when Jesus went into Nazareth. And they knew, they, they already heard that he had done miracles. They knew that he had done all these things. But the question they were saying, where did this man get these things from? Wrong focus. They thought, that's Jesus, the carpenter. He is not a priest. Where did he get this stuff from? How did he come about this great wisdom? And that through his hands, these great signs have been done. And they were offended at him. Because he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. They were offended. And, and Jesus sat down and said, today this scripture has been fulfilled right before your eyes. If they are taking it, not only will the blind see, recovery of sight to the blind, setting the captives free, those were the words that they heard. But they already knew it did mighty works. But they rejected everything because that's the way unbelief Operates. You see the evidence, you know the word, but you reject it. And it does no good for you. And you get angry, you oppose it. So that's the way unbelief works. And so Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16 through 19 tells us, For who having heard, rebelled. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing. But the, uh, from the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. And we just read where it says, I have heard the Lord God has opened my ears, remember? And I was not rebellious. Now they heard, and because God did not open their ears, guess what they did? They rebelled. And because they rebelled, they did not mix the word of God with faith. And so the word of God that was supposed to profit them, did not profit them. Instead, they were destroyed in the wilderness. It says, For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt? In other words, God brought all of them out. They were God's special people. But they rebelled. They saw miracles, didn't they? I mean, they saw the Red Sea splits. And yet they were crying, who is going to give us bread in the wilderness? I mean, if you see a sea splitting, would you still worry about bread? God can give us bread. But they were not thinking. They were focusing on the wrong thing and rebelled. Even though they had seen so many miracles in Egypt and before them, still. It's so important that you understand this and watch what's going on. I'm coming back to it. What happens, why people do, is one of the reasons is hardness of heart. Okay, but we're coming to that. So we have to constantly pray, please God, don't let me have a hard heart. 
deliver me from this. So because uh, if you have a hard heart, it's a really difficult thing for you. You hear all the words, see the signs, you still won't believe. It's right there before your eyes, you still have doubts. And that's because your heart has been hardened. And usually when it's hardened, you oppose those things. Subconsciously, you oppose. You just oppose. And when you are really in need, you don't have it. It's not there for you. You are going to die in the wilderness. God forbid. Amen? God forbid. God forbid. But that's what it is. It says, now with whom was he angry for the years? Was it not uh, with those who sinned? So that's one of the things. When you have unbelief, sins are going to come after that. Whose corpse fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. And that's the thing. Once you, once, it doesn't matter what it is. Once your heart is hardened, you won't obey. If, even if it comes to just going out to witness to somebody. Well, why should I do that? That's what we hear. Well, I'm a Christian. We don't have to do that. We'll, we'll send the Holy Spirit to bring them in. <laughs> and so there is that rebellion in your heart and you don't even know. Sometimes even before the word is speak, spoken, you are already angry inside. I don't want to hear that. Watch what's going on. If you find yourself, even when they are reading the scripture and you suppose, I know where it's going with that, and you're angry inside when they are still reading the word, you got real trouble. May God deliver you. Because God can use anybody. God can use anybody. God can even use a child to bring you great deliverance and they were just singing plain. And then you hear it and something says in your head, that's right, that's true. But when your heart is hardened by unbelief, you can see it can be right before your eyes and you see going, yes, but, yes. Yes, but we need to be reasonable here, you know. Let's face reality. They mean well. But the reality leads to death because God is not there. Life is not in it. And so he tells us in verse 19, So we see they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. It didn't say they didn't. They seen a lot of a lot happen, and they believed in God. Believe me, they believed in God. James chapter two verse nineteen. You says you believe there is one God, you do well. The devils also believe and they tremble. So they they knew about God, but somehow they still were filled with unbelief, and didn't respond properly. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says this. It says, beware, brethren. Can I hear the word beware? Beware, brethren. That's brothers and sisters. Let there be in any of you, what is it called? An evil heart of unbelief. So what is it telling you? Unbelief is not in the mind. It's a thing of the heart. It's a thing of the heart. Somehow, some way, it's gotten into your heart. And your mind has nothing to do. You just deep inside, you just cannot. You just cannot. 
takes only the grace of God. He says, so every one of us must be careful. So you don't entertain this evil heart of unbelief in turning away or departing from the living God. Departing from God, no, just, just God, departing from his word. That's what he's saying. We just read Isaiah 50, right? And I didn't turn away. This is, once you have the evil out of home, you turn away. Even though you're sharing the truth. May God help us, every one of us, myself included, so we never go that way. Please don't take Christianity too lightly. Because it's so easy. And I'm going to talk about this unbelief and doubt. I mean, let me put it this way, so because I, I've got to come up with this so we understand. It, it may not come unto you all in one day. That's the danger of it. For me and for you. If you step on water, and that has to do the same thing with doubt as well. If you step on water, like a pool, will you begin to sink or you sink? You definitely will sink. Peter began to sink as his faith was going slowly down. Read. He began to sink. He didn't sink immediately. If you jump into water, guess what? We'll find you underneath for where you're coming. You are under there immediately. No, but Peter began slowly as his faith was leaving. He was slowly going down. And Jesus reached out and got him. He came just to slowly get out of your life. And me as well. And that's why we are preaching the word. So we have understanding because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And that's why Paul says, I pray for you constantly. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Knowledge of God, you won't see God, but the knowledge of his word. So that you will not think. So you know who you are in Christ. And be able to walk that way and not have fear. No matter what's confronting your life, you know God's going to take care of it. That's the issue here. So we need to be aware. Let me read you another story here and and see, help us see how uh, unbelief can can really come in. Um, I guess I'm going to go to uh, Luke chapter 9 first. Uh, Verse 1. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. So that you can see some of the things that happened to us. And, and then we can get comfort from the word of God as well. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 1. It says, And he called, that's Jesus, called his 12 disciples. And you can actually read the same story in Matthew chapter 10. You can find the same story in Matthew chapter 10. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples. How many of them? 12 of them. Together and gave them power and authority over some demons. What? All demons. And to cure what? Diseases. And in Matthew, to cure all diseases. 
he says. He gave them the power. This was Luke chapter 9. And, and you can go the same, the same story in Matthew chapter 10. But then, now look at this story here. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 17, beginning from verse 14, and then see what's going on here. And you can find, you know, discrepancy in what Jesus just told them and what was happening to them. Now, he says, and when they had come to the multitude, and you can read that same story in um, Mark chapter 9, and there's a little bit more in Mark chapter 9 because Mark went into what was being said and what was going on. You can read these two scriptures and put them together. It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him. They couldn't cast out the devil. I came to them and they could not cure him. Then Jesus uh, answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a, as mustard, seed, a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, And it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, if you read in Mark chapter 9, when Jesus came down, Jesus actually, what was happening here, Jesus had been on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was just the remaining nine. He took the three of them. Those guys have seen the things no one has seen. They have seen Elijah. Nobody has seen Elijah. Elijah had been dead a thousand years or more before. And Moses, who was way back there, they saw those individuals and they recognized them. You think they will have any trouble with casting out any demon? I guarantee you, no way. They just came from the mountaintop. Amen. And they've seen Moses, they've seen all of that. No demon is going to stand. And those three, James, Peter, and John, uh-uh, no demon. But the rest of the nine, that was different. And if you read in Mark chapter 9, they were arguing, when Jesus came down, they were arguing with the scribes about what was going on. And you saw what the father did. He was telling uh, Jesus about what, how bad this demon was, Right? He's really bad one. He does this and he does that. And, and, and but the father made it very clear to Jesus. I brought my son to them, and they could not cast him out. If you read it, they could not. But that contradicts what Jesus told them. I give to you authority to cast out what all demon, including that very one, they couldn't cast out. All demons. He gave them authority. 
That was Matthew chapter 10. Now we are dealing Matthew chapter 17, and they are saying with their mouth, we couldn't cast him out. So who was wrong? Who was wrong? Jesus said they could. They said, the father said they couldn't. And they also said, we couldn't. That's an amazing thing. So who is lying here? Jesus already told them they had the power. And he told them why. It was as a result of unbelief. They were, if they didn't believe they could, why were they asking Jesus, why couldn't we? They had been out before, doing other stuff and casting out devils from everywhere. And here, they wanted to know, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we? You know, when I saw this scripture, I took a lot of comfort in myself. When I can't cast them out, I'm not alone. We got those nine as well. Amen? <laughs> we have those as well. Let me tell you what this is. When Jesus said it was because of your unbelief. Just because you have faith for something today doesn't mean the faith is going to be there for you tomorrow. You got to keep it up. You got to keep it up. If it happened to them, it will happen to you. It happened to me. You got to keep it up. Jesus said, this kind goes out because by prayer and fasting. That means if they had kept their faith up, and everything they've heard from Jesus, they've speaking their faith and everything, that would have been nothing to them. But as long as they stayed away and focused on other things, unbelief crept in. And when they saw the manifestation and these people arguing with them, the scribes, reading Mark chapter 9, the scribes was arguing with them. They were arguing with them. When that happens and you have people opposing you and you have not been around the word of God for a long time, guess what's going to happen? Unbelief will come in and you won't be able to do it. But if you have been fasting, Jesus made it clear. The problem, number one problem is your unbelief. But you can take care of that if you have been fasting and praying and getting yourself ready. So just because you got great faith today doesn't mean you're going to have great faith tomorrow. You got to keep yourself sharp to work for God. Just because God used you before, keep telling all the stories about the past. Forget the past. Paul says, I forget the things that are behind and I am pressing forward. Forget those things. They are behind. God will give you credit in the future. But keep pressing on. Keep having the word of God in you. Put that word. Repeat the word. Stay with the word so that your faith grows. Now, Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't do that, unbelief will creep in. And you will be in trouble. You will turn away from the word. After a while, you begin to find yourself opposing the word. I heard a, leader, a lady talk about her husband who, I mean, it seems like he wasted his whole ministry after a while. The wife said, I was listening to him preach one day and I decided something has happened to my husband. He never talked that way. Over time, not spending time with God, being too busy and all of that, his theology had begun to change slowly. 
And he got to the place where he was able to speak what he, the unbelief openly. And that destroyed him. We have to be very careful. We have to be careful. We have to stay with the word of God. They were asking, why couldn't we? You know, I need to let you know, Satan, the, 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 the most priceless thing that you have in your life as a man is your faith. Satan wants nothing but from you. He doesn't care about you. Don't care about your children. Don't care about anything about you. The only thing that you have that he wants is your faith. Because he knows if he can get that from you and load you up with unbelief, it's finished. It's over for you. That's what he wants. And that's what Jesus told us. He gave us an insight to what's going on and how God deals with us. And it comes through little, little things. The problems you're going through, we'll come into that later. Why we have unbelief. And then I will go into the question of, of doubt and how to handle doubt and all of that. Because here we are talking about freedom from unbelief and from doubt. The two different things. Unbelief feeds off your past beliefs and your past belief system. And it's very difficult. Let me explain it to you. I've dealt with a lot of people. When they have been taught all their life against something from the scripture, to reverse it, it takes a while. They, they, in their mind, they know the truth. And they really want to follow through. But there is that fear in there. That is, is unexplained. You can't explain it. They just won't go there. Until the word of God keeps coming in. And then, before long, faith rises up above this stuff. Because it's that belief system from the past comes. And there is this subconscious in a thing in their opposing whatever. Even though you're reading the scriptures to them and they know what the scripture says and they'll tell you something else different. I've heard Pentecostals tell me, oh, I don't believe in healing. You think God wants to heal everybody? And they will start trying to show you from scriptures why they believe God doesn't want to heat every, uh, heal everybody. And they'll show you Christian people that they've seen that God didn't heal. Guess what's speaking? Unbelief. And it plagues every one of us. And it's very hard. The years that I started trying to believe God for healing, geez, I had so many Christians. They argued with me. I mean, they, people I respected. They argued with me about these things and fought with me hard. But I decided I was going to stand my ground. You see, unbelief is a decision. You decide. Have you heard about people who said, and I've heard preachers said, I got tired, I put the book on the ground, I stood on it and said, from this day forth, whatever he says, that's what I'm going to believe, that's what I'm going to do. Watch their lives. They go to the top. Because they made a decision, I'm not going to listen to anybody, I'm going to stay with this word. 
And I've heard so many preachers who are known all over the world, and that's what they came to. We're, not go- we're going to believe this word. I'm not listening to anybody anymore. When you come into that place, you have set yourself a system with which to, de- to destroy unbelief in your life every time when it comes. You set yourself up to be free from unbelief. Satan wants your faith. Jesus said to us in Luke chapter 22, from verse 31, he says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. How will Satan ask for a man? He wanted Peter for himself. How is he going to accomplish that? Jesus gave us an insight. He said, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. See? Because if his faith fails, Satan's got him. So if Satan is going to have Peter, the only thing to go after in Peter that Peter had was his faith. So he said, Jesus said, I prayed for you. If I didn't pray for you, your faith would have failed. And that would have been it for Peter. I prayed for you that your faith uh, should not fail. And when you have returned to me, remember what he says? <laughs> he opened my ear and I didn't turn away. When your faith failed, where, where are you going to go? To go away from him. But when your faith is restored, guess where you go? Jesus said, when you have returned to me, See, that's what the scripture says. When there is unbelief, you turn away. So my prayer is, God, awaken my soul morning by morning, please. I'm just a man. I don't have what it takes. I need your help. Yes, I know I'm pastor (laughs) for some people, but I need him. I need his help. Awaken my soul. Awaken me. That spiritual part of me. Awaken me, not just... Today, but morning by morning, awaken my ear to hear as the learned, so that I will not rebel, nor turn from your word, meaning turn away from God. Jesus said, when you have returned to me, in other words, when your faith is restored and your faith didn't completely fail, you turn to me. So when Peter denied Jesus, guess what was going on? His faith had failed. Unbelief had come in. He had thought nobody could touch Jesus. Now he saw Jesus being flogged. The evidence was there. He knew everything he had seen. Lazarus raised from the dead. But he was seeing right something different in his eyes. Being overwhelmed, his faith was failing. And he denied him. But thank God, Jesus brought him back to himself. So this is a very crucial message. Let me tell you why we have unbelief. And then I'll conclude. First thing is believing the wrong things. Believing the wrong things. If you have been taught against healing, you can be in the presence in those days of oral robots. You'll be seeing the miracles there. Now you change your mind and you want the healing, but you can't get it. You know why? Because the, the thing that you've been taught in the past is in your heart. And it's going to take a while 
for that to come off you so that you can get your healing. The same thing goes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you're trying to help people to receive, if you have been taught against it, and I feel a lot of compassion when I'm dealing with people who have been taught some way, somehow against it, or have taken that position, now they know the truth and they want to step to the other side. It's such a difficult thing. Many times in situations like that, I know what God's medicine is. The Word of God. Just helping. And then before they know, the faith's already there. And they can receive. So believing the wrong thing is a real problem. And now it's hard and you're seeing the truth. And then you cannot really accept it. Secondly, it's focusing on the wrong thing. That's what happened to the people in Nazareth. Jesus was, they saw all the miracles, but they were focusing. That's a carpenter. Where did he get that stuff from? He was a carpenter. We saw he built my mother's uh, 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 house the other day. He was there. We saw him. Man, he didn't go to, he's not with the Pharisees. Where did he get this? In? How did he get this, all this knowledge? They got offended by it. Our carpenter now becoming the greatest prophet in the land. He was with us for 30 years. What's going on? And they focused on the wrong thing. And based on the wrong thing, they judged them based on that, what they knew and what they had seen him do around them, building stuff, carrying stuff. They thought, and it's, it's, even Jesus' brothers were affected by this. Because he stayed with them. And now they couldn't go. His brothers, until after he rose from the dead, that's why his brothers said, Oh my God. God was living in our house. We didn't know this. <laughs> because they see him, eat with them, laugh, play, maybe roll around, and they had no clue. God's ways are so simple, you could easily miss it. If you don't have a serious mindset, you could easily miss it because you're focusing on the wrong thing. And the last part of it is the hardness of heart. Let me explain this. So we can, this is the most critical one. Because your heart gets hardened. Give me Isaiah chapter 1 verse 5 perhaps. Or maybe it's verse 7. Isaiah chapter 5. Sorry, Isaiah chapter 1. Chapter 1, you got verse 5? What did you say? Can I see it up? Yeah, verse 5. He says, why should, I, why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. That's what God is saying. When your heart is hardened, even if he's punishing you, you're not going to listen. God says, why should you be stricken again? All you do is rebel. I see people argue, you know, about tithing or something. You think you can, you can't convince them. They get hardened. And sometimes they are going through financial hardship. And you're trying to convince them. They get mad at you for telling them about that. I wonder what's going on. This is scripture says it there. They will only get it. So for me, because I know these scriptures, I know it doesn't faze me. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. So hardness of heart, that's what happened to Pharaoh. Pharaoh saw all the evidence, didn't it? 
and you read in the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament saints, they will always say, God did this. But really, Pharaoh saw every, all the miracles. He begged Moses and all of that. But guess what? He doesn't respond to it. He will always rebel against it. And every time he rebelled, his heart got hardened. He'll see the miracle, he'll let a little bit, then he'll come right back again. And you're wondering, why can't he get it? His heart's always hardened. Until he died, he still was rebelling. He let them go, and then he went after them. Think about it. If, how can you, with your eyes open, you see the Red Sea open, and the people are walking through, and you actually, you know that God must have opened it. I wouldn't go into that thing for my life. I mean, there is no way I'll do that. But his heart was so hard, he wasn't thinking. He went in and destroyed everybody. That's what hardness of heart will do for a person. Hardness of heart. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. It says, While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. You see that again? When your ears are not open and you hear his voice, guess what you do? With unbelief, you rebel. You always rebel. I don't. I have. A, I had a fellow come to church here, always wanting to argue with me about things because there was something they, I guess they wanted to do. I told him, look, after a while, I endured with him for a while, and after he was standing talking to me and telling me, Pastor Andy had read uh, some scripture and he, he didn't like that translation. So I told him, now listen, uh, I'm a man of God. I don't argue. I know you enjoy arguing and trying to prove the pastor doesn't know much, but I don't do that. So please don't do this with me, okay? That was the last day I saw him in our church here. Let God deal with him by himself. He's already angry because somebody read a scripture. Something is not right. He's made his position and you can never show him anything else. Mark chapter 9, just to conclude this thing about hard, hardness of heart. Beginning for verse, Mark chapter 6, actually. Jesus walking on water, be, beginning from verse 49. <laughs> Mark 6. Okay. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. You see, they were like screaming and, oh, somebody is walking on water. What's going on here? A ghost. We're all going to die. <laughs> they cried out. I mean, they were very afraid. Okay. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. That tells you they were very, very scared. Now look at what the Bible says. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled. Verse 5, he says, For they had not understood 
about the loaves. Why? Because their heart was hardened. Fear came because of hardened heart. They knew about Jesus doing all these great miracles, but their heart has not taken it in because of hardness of heart. You can read the same scripture. There's another scripture. Check it. There's another scripture where Jesus says, your heart still hardened. But it says, God has hardened their, uh, the devil has blinded their minds, their eyes, so they won't see. Hearing they hear, they, won't, they don't understand. So that if they understand, then I, I have to heal them. And the reason they couldn't is hardness of heart. They saw the miracles, but their heart were hardened, and they couldn't accept it. You see a man raise somebody from the dead who had been dead for four days and you are planning to kill the man. You, don't have, you are not in your right mind because your heart was hardened. That's what unbelief will do to us. And so we have to pray against that and make sure we are staying in the word because it can happen to any one of us. Your faith today doesn't mean you can have faith tomorrow. Sometimes people are depending on what God has done in their past. It's always new every morning. Reading the Old Testament, they put fresh bread on the table of showbread. Every morning was fresh bread. Don't, you can't depend on the bread of yesterday. You got to do something about your faith. So unbelief won't get you. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. Now, if you didn't enjoy that, I did. I preached myself happy. <laughs> And it's good to see every one of you here tonight. The truth is what makes us free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I believe that because you're sharing this word, God is giving you great understanding on how to navigate your way through the word of God so that you can actually believe and go with God. And we will suffer from unbelief, we will always, but we know how to strengthen ourselves. We can go to the Word of God, and we can fast, and we can pray, and you can speak in tongues for one hour, and the unbelief is gone because you strengthen your faith. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. And I, I, that's one of the good things God has taught me. I pray in tongues.